This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found on Gadget Geek show number 498, recorded on July 22nd, 2021. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way in your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from, Mike, a very hazy Bellevue, Nebraska, when you're outside. You were kind of flying around this week. Did you Did you see any, have you seen the smoke from? Like, no, I haven't. Smoke, like I was out there tonight, last night, actually a really beautiful sunset, but we're starting to get some of that smoke from the West. You know, there's big fires going on in the West, kind of hazy. See, I've missed all this news. I've been on the East Coast all week, so I I haven't even. I noticed the haze when I got back today, but I had no idea what it was from. Yeah, so uh, our thoughts go out to everybody in the West where it's super dry and that they are having gigantic fires again this year. Got uh, it. And so, just be safe out there. Uh, you know, if you're if you're living out west and you're in one of those danger zones, we're hoping the best for you, but. That smoke is making its way here, and uh, we haven't had you know we haven't had any rain to kind of pull it down. Our cars are going to be super dirty <laughs> the next sooty. time it rains. <laughs> yeah, just sooty and and dirty. Of course, we'll uh, we'll post a show a few show notes this week out there at theaverageguy.tv. Uh, a couple of reminders, kind of before we get started. One big thanks to our Patreon uh, supporters out there. If you go to theaverageguy.tv/slash/patreon, if you want to support the show, I noticed Eric. Uh, Eric sent me a note this week and he was like, Hey dude, where's the, where's the audio? <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah. Uh, no, I haven't done that in a while. And it had been like a year and a half since I put, I've been putting the video, you know, you can get the full video. So if you're, uh, if you're a regular um, podcast subscriber and you want to get the full video, I, I mean, you can get that on the, the live channel, but you can also get it through Patreon just a little more convenient that way. Uh, I'll also start posting the full audio if you want to download that. And uh, Eric was going to listen to it on the road. So, yeah, and that's cool because now in Patreon you can add that URL to any other podcast app. So you can from Patreon you can import that feed if it's the audio only feed. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of podcasts have actually been doing kind of like what we used to do, right? You get pre-show, post-show. Um, I. Uh, one of the podcasts you guys all recommended to me, and I'm totally forgetting the name now. Um, they do it that way. So on the Patreon, you get full access to the post show and everything like that. What is that show, Jim? That's going to drive me nuts. Um, anyway, yeah. So it's kind of cool that you can now take that, and you don't have to go to the Patreon app. You can yeah. just pull that into whatever app you're right through. And I think that'll happen when I put the audio out there. I'll check it out this weekend. Not too many of you actually, you know, I watch the numbers on those and not too many of you actually do it, but that's okay. It's available for you. If you, if you can't make it live on Thursday nights and you want to get both pre and post show, you know, we did a little beer pour in the pre show. And if you want to get, uh, if you want to get uh, a hold of that, the easiest way to do it. Well, I mean, you, the easiest way to do it is on our YouTube live channel or a $5 Patreon a monthly subscription. I'll get you there as well. Big thanks for everybody who does that, and we appreciate it. Um, Mike, last week was actually a really popular show. Like, I got because a, of where we hated Jim, I was really yeah. concerned after I talked about just destroying all my servers. Everyone, I was going to be outcast from uh, our podcast community. Um, no, no, it's the opposite. I, I, I think people appreciated the honesty, the frustration. I think a lot of the things that we faced. Others have faced as well. 
And uh, and I won't be able to read all the feedback tonight, but I did get a couple uh, a couple bits of feedback uh, that are good. A little on the long side, so hang out with me. I want to read it all. Uh, but a great opportunity. Of course, we always appreciate that feedback. You can a couple ways you can do that. One, send me an email, Jim at the average guy.tv. You can do it that way. The easiest way is send us a 30-second voicemail. I'll play Jim Shoemakers from back uh, it's almost two months ago now, but we'll play Jim Shoemakers a message here in a second. But Kevin, how, how do they send those, Jim? How oh, do they send a voicemail? Home, yeah, you're right. I just pulled <laughs> right past that, didn't I? Homegadgetgeeks.com. Uh, bottom right-hand corner, there's a little, little blue microphone. Just press it. You got 30 seconds. Uh, leave us a message. You can even leave a funny one. Uh, it's all, all good, but uh, love your feedback that way. And as we get more of it, we'll read it here on the show. Kevin Schoonover sent in a um, uh, a note to us. He said, uh, Sunday night, I listened to last week's show, Flying Home from Vacation. Thanks for doing that, Kevin. Great content as always. Like the direction you took on the complexity and how much is too much. I spent I spent too much time in user groups helping people troubleshoot issues. I'm sure that's a really common thing for a lot of folks in our group. Networking issues uh, are the biggest area, specifically when people do not believe they have a networking issue. The common answer in user groups is you need mesh. Mesh fixes everything. Mesh is not the savior to networking issues. In many cases, it makes things worse. The other big area of concern that people uh, keep buying stuff and adding it on and wonder why things are getting worse. Well, we, we talked about that. Like hundred percent. Yeah. You know, especially you got a cheap router or you got, you know, you got a cheap Wi-Fi. you bought a cheap, you know, cheap components and your cheap Cisco switch that probably should have been sent to the junkyard before it was put on eBay. And Mike right. bought it and it's still in his rack this week. Still have not gotten around. Still work. Still work. Out right there. Well, working is uh relative. Jeff. Yeah, least you're, least <laughs> As you're. of right now, we're that's, here. That's the good thing. We share. He says, I'm very behind in listening to your show. If uh, if you have done, if you've recently uh, done a networking show, you may want to hold off. The content would be aimed at the average home networking person tips and advice to overcome common issues. In other words, Kevin wants to come on and talk about networking. So Kevin, we'll, we'll get you on here. That'd be fantastic. For, yeah, it, it would be a good, it'd be a good conversation. We probably need to do it about once a year. Well, and it's funny how I think, you know, there's a lot of complexity that people have added, especially users who are, trying to get a little more into the the fun home, you know, uh, self-hosting side of things, right? Because when you start adding Docker containers, even when you start adding Unraid or any other sort of NAS, and then you start doing Docker, right? Those all have their own network. How do those networks interact with your main network, uh, network masks, all of that? I mean, I remember when I first set up um, all of my Unraid stuff and Docker and everything. I mean, there was there was a lot of issues. And like Kevin says, a lot of times you don't realize it's a network issue. You're like, why is this Docker not working? The Docker, the the whatever, you know, Docker file this is, it's not working. You're like, well, no, it's a network issue, but you don't notice that. It's not the first thing you think of. When you were over at my place last weekend or two weekends ago, whatever it was, you kind of saw how I have almost, I have like everything kind of grouped and yeah. wide. Right? I like that. And it just is easier. I've got a big 24 port uh, switch, not managed. It's a D-Link. It's a dumb one, but it, I don't need, Again, I don't need that complexity of a managed switch. I don't, I'm not doing what you're doing. I have one LAN. I'm using the Bitdefender box, you know, uh, so it's 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 much different. But I do group them. I kind of group my hardware and really try not to use Wi-Fi unless I absolutely have to. That's kind of one of the things I, I don't want to do. Yeah, and that was one of those. So I saw the way you set it up, Jim. And then so we're actually going to be finishing our basement here in a bit. 
And I was talking to the contractor and he's like, ah, he's like looking at my rack and he's like, okay, yeah. Like, are you, is this all staying? Like, am I, you know, I was like, yeah, I said, all the wires run right here. He's like, all right, so, okay, we'll plan around that. He's like, yeah, we'll make sure we wrap that up as we start to do all the construction down here. Cause that's like, you know, all that dust and everything flying around. And it just got me thinking, I'm like, man, I really wish I, for, for a month, I might go super simple and literally strip everything out, bring it upstairs, have one dumb switch, yeah. um, dumb router and bring yeah. it upstairs just for a little bit. And, uh, and see how that goes. Might be worth we'll it. it. You know, burn it down. See, see what you really need. It's a good excuse, right? That's what I'm kind of thinking. Like, it's a good excuse yeah. to be like, okay, I really don't want my racketing just covered in sawdust and everything. Uh, so do we burn it down just for a month and then yeah. bring it back if we really missed it? Right. Right. It's good. I think a good excuse to, to give it a try, you know, like, especially yeah. in that scenario. Neil, who sends me notes all the time. So Neil, thanks for doing that. I always appreciate it. Uh, Neil writes, I listened to the, uh, I listened to it twice in referencing the show. I listened to it twice already. First off, I could relate to the generator segment. Uh, um, Thursday, a tree fell at the end of our street and took out the power, uh, to, uh, to our barn. So I had to fire up the old generator. Amazingly, it starts with half a pole. We have frequent outages. So I have left, uh, the two freezers in security cam gear plugged into an outlet strip. This is a good idea, by the way with a long extension cord that can reach outside. So I don't have to pull out the freezers from That's the wall idea. to the plug. That's a really good idea, right? Yeah. Have those things on that. Um, next, the show kind of tells the state of home IT gear, home cloud, home automation, so many dilemmas and decisions uh, to be made, which things are worth taking uh, into the home IT shop and which would just go outside. Uh, what can go wrong? And what happens if I'm away on business when it does, right? Yep. Mike, what's the propensity of things breaking when you're not there? Right? All the time. I just dealt with this this week. We'll talk about another issue I ran into this week. <laughs> then he says, finally, I do this separate VLAN trick myself. It's an overkill versus just blocking access from a specific de- device to the internet. Uh, what if a switch goes and I have to pull in one that doesn't do VLAN? <laughs> What if I'm troubleshooting and stick a cable into a port that doesn't have the VLAN that is appropriate? Ubiquity has made it easy to spit out multiple SSIDs, each with their own VLAN. But am I overthinking it? No. Well, I mean, think about it. Neil is really describing exactly what happened to me. And I really, I actually remembered a part of my issue that Neil brings up. It was plugging a port, plugging a cable into a port that's not assigned that VLAN. So for me, remember, so all my ports were acting up. I was trying to find ports that were still working, found a port that was working, but it wasn't tagged correctly with the VLAN. Well, so then on that Cisco switch, I got to go get into the command line of that thing. And it's been a year and a half, two years since I programmed that thing. I don't, and I don't work on Cisco year ever. That's not my day job. So I had to go Google how do you know what is the command line for adding the VLAN tag and all that stuff? Oh, it was just one issue after another uh, that I ran into. So yeah, I agree. That's exactly what I was running into. PoE and VLANs was the bane of my existence. Yeah, yeah, and you got to remember that, right? On what what's on PoE, what's used, right? Uh, right, way more than I'd ever handle, Mike. I'll just be honest with you. Uh, Neil continues. He says, in any case, it really reson- it really resonated with me, and I thoroughly enjoyed it twice. Uh, keep them coming, Neil from near Cincinnati. And then he says, P.S. A reminder to listeners, carbon monoxide kills. So be very careful where you put your generator. That's in. a good point. It, it really is. And they're very careful in the instructions to 
you know, 15 to 25 feet from any open window. I don't know what that is in meters. Uh, from let's just say three to five meters. Um, uh, from any open window, you know, you think in the summer you're firing that generator up outside and you may be putting it underneath the window, right? Yeah. So there's that to kind of keep in mind. We have it, we have it, we have it down and away from our house, but it, it's just, it is a good idea of like, you know, what we're going to, a little bit later in the show, I'm going to ask for your advice on some things with that generator. So hang tight on that. But uh, Neil, great reminder. One of the things, you know, I installed in the shed a carbon monoxide detector just in case. And, you know, That's a smart place to put one, too. And we're going to talk about why here at the end of the show, because I had a device that I was burning in there. And you don't, you know, you just don't want to, you, you just, you should know. So, yeah, to go back to our conversation last week, if you're putting those fire, you know, uh, um, smoke detectors in your house, date them so you know when to replace them. And probably a good idea to have, you know, carbon monoxide alarms in there um, as well, just in case. We we have one right by the furnace, just in case. And I think I bought one of those combo, smoke uh, and carbon monoxide. Smart. To get that done. Uh, Jim Shoemaker. Jim, sorry, this took me so long to play this back <laughs> Back uh, on my birthday, he sent me a note right after the Subaru Legacy announcement, and Jim had a few things to say about that. Congratulations on the new Subaru Legacy. Uh, we have a Forester, and one suggestion I'll make is that if you want the in-car Wi-Fi, let the one-month trial expire. Uh, let uh, AT&T send you multiple offers via email uh, trying to get you to sign up again. We finally pulled the trigger when they got it down to $15 a month unlimited data. It's been very nice for people and Wi-Fi's and laptops and whatever in the car uh, on trips. So thumbs up. 15 bucks a month, extra Wi-Fi in the car. Mike, are you doing it? That's a good deal. Uh, so in our Chevy Traverse, and the reason it's important for my family is uh, we have the two kids, the young kids that don't have phones yet, but they do have tablets for the long road trips and they do need Wi-Fi. And so our Chevy Traverse has had the option. We've used it in the past we got nowhere close, though, to 15 for unlimited. I think I was paying 17 for two gigs. And those kids, when they're watching movies, they blew through that on one trip down to the farm. Like, we don't even, we make it there and they've blown through two gigs. Um, so we ended up canceling that. And now I just use my Verizon phone uh, because that has the hotspot capability. And it's, it's good enough. Um, but, man, if I could have 15 unlimited in the car, I would probably heavily consider doing that. And only because I only pay for hotspot data on my phone, not Hannah's. Um, and so she can't do the sharing. So if she takes the kids to the farm by herself, they're kind of out of luck. Um, so yeah, that, that would be a, a good deal. I think it depends on your scenario. Um, Jim, I don't know if that'd be worth it for you, just how much no. you would use hotspot in your car. No, but none, man, for me, it's, it's yeah. a huge deal. Yeah, none at all. In fact, uh, I started setting that up in the car and, uh, you know, I didn't, wasn't going to set up theirs, but then you can, I can make mine, you know, I can connect the car to my phone and serve it through the car and i put in a car ssid and i said wait a minute like talk about overcomplicating it like if i was first of all 99 of the time i'm the only one in that car let's yeah. just be really clear it is a one person vehicle for the most part every once in a while sammy's with me but she's got her own phone and her own coverage right it's just a different use case scenario for me i would never need it and if i did like you i'd turn on my hotspot and just be like, hey, you know, I think it's Jim's iPhone 12. Just right. Attached to that, here's the here's the code to get it done. And, you, you know, you can do it in there. 
we don't, none of my kids need it. They all have phones with, you know, but I, in your situations, you know, completely different, your kids don't have phones. You know, you got kids you want to give entertainment to. Um, so I just thought it was funny how I was, I was already trying to overcomplicate it, but well, I could have an SSID set up and that, that kind of stuff, by the way, love that car, except the, the Apple, uh, Apple car, is it Apple CarPlay? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not reliable right it's now. Not? Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I don't That's know why. Weird. And I'm pulling the cable and it's bad put, cable. plug it back in. I bought a brand new one. You know, now it's Weird. not the end of the, listen, <laughs> it's a total first world plus. Problem. Well, that would be the end of the world for me though. Like if I, like, honestly, like I would, the connectivity of the phone, Hannah's car freaks out all the time. The traverse, there's not Apple CarPlay in it. It's just USB and you can play audio mm. from your phone. Um, and hers will lock up quite a bit mm. and it drives me absolutely. If that was my car, I'd, I'd be taking it to have it serviced. Because, well, I'm, I'm going to oh, ask man, nuts. next time I'm in, I'm going to ask, have you guys been having problems with this? Cause it's, not consistent. Now, in two button pushes, I can have it streaming via Bluetooth, and it's fine. Right. Yeah, so, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't sweat it too much. Again, first world plus problems. You know, Definitely. you're kind of like, come on. So, um, but I will next time I go in to service it uh, with them, or I, I, I'm by the dealership. I may swing into the service center, say, hey, are you guys having trouble with this? Because that's it's a little weird. Uh, that it doesn't it doesn't work for me. So uh, a follow up to the Tesla. This is going to be kind of a follow up show today. Follow up <laughs> to the Tesla. Today I officially canceled the truck order. You got it done, huh? Yeah, I did. I did. And by the way, it could not be easier. <laughs> like log in. They're like, there's a edit your order. Click on it. Cancel. Yeah. Why they don't care? <laughs> you know, there's a drop down. You don't even have to fill it in. And refunded pretty quick. Now I haven't looked. Uh, I I put it on my credit card and I haven't looked at yeah. the credit card yet. I imagine it's. I, I imagine it's that fast. I would know? think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not worried about it. Uh, I'll I'll check it out here a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, so that's that that piece at least for now um, is done. Can't can't help but going back to that conversation that we had when you were here and we were talking about that Ford truck and. So it's like, I'll take the Ford truck. <laughs> right. I mean, well, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of things that, you know, for, well, there's pros and cons, right? Cons, first generation, all electric yeah, truck yeah, yeah. in general, right? Like that's going to be a, one of the first gen trucks, let alone from Ford. And then you've also got, you know, the issues people have been having with Electrify America. So I don't know mm-hmm. if a lot of you guys know, but so Tesla's and all other EVs run on two separate charging networks. Tesla has its own charging network, and then all the other EVs have a different charging network. And, and primarily, that's going to be Electrify America. And so I've been doing a lot of watching of you know YouTube videos to see and kind of prep and, and see how this is going to work, owning an electric vehicle. And a lot of these EV guys, there's, by the way, a really cool community of EV guys on YouTube. Um, They do a lot of really cool testing, but a lot of them will do long range road trip testing. Let's, you know, let's go from Colorado to California and back and see what that is like in an EV. And these Electrify America stations will sometimes, number one, not even register. Or actually the most common problem is they will charge fast for like a minute. And then all of a sudden they'll kick down to like super slow charging for no reason. Um, not based off the battery profile, not ba- like everything says it should be good to go. 
and they haven't been working. And then also the plug-in charge where they're supposed to be kind of like a Tesla. You know, a Tesla, you don't have to swipe your credit card, plug in anything. You just plug it in your car and it knows what it is and it, it just does it and it charges your account. Um, that's supposed to work for Electrify America, but on the, the Mustang Mach-E's, they've been having a lot of issues with that, that plug-in charge. So, uh, you know, going back to first world problem, Jim's. Yeah. But, but, but I mean, that, that portion specifically, yes, but the overall charging, if I'm on a long road trip, like I kind of need to know that I can charge my car. Right. That's like, that's like not knowing if there's going to be a gas station between here and there. Right. Like, or, or that a gas station, the pump is going to pump like extremely. So it's going to take you two hours to pump your car up instead of, you know, 20, 30 minutes like it would normally. So it's, it's something that's kind of interesting on, on those, you know, just the pros and cons of it. But like we were talking about having a generator essentially for your house being a big battery mm-hmm. without being a generator. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, a truck would probably, we would not take the truck on long trips. Like the, you know, one, we trade her out back in on it. Right. So that'd be her car. And then, um, you know, we, if we were going to take a trip, we'd take it in the, in the legacy for sure. That thing is that's a sweet ride, right? So right. Um, the truck's most likely going to be here most of the time. So I, I don't know. I, listen, I'm not going to do it this summer. <laughs> I'd probably give it a two or three years. Let's get that. Let's get the legacy paid off. I don't like making car payments. Yeah. Get that legacy paid off and we'll get things, you know, we'll get things figured out. So uh, going forward, we'll see how it goes. A um, couple things, uh, Mike, I'm, I'm looking for some input. This is audience, you know, the, for the live folks. And even for those are, who are listening on the podcast or there on YouTube, uh, love to hear from you on the next two items I'm about to talk about. Uh, one is, and this was, this was super cool. Um, I finally found, I've been waiting for the ring uh, stick up cams to, to c- go on sale on Woot. I didn't have to have it. So that's the, you know, it's like one of those things like, okay, I'll wait. And they were, they were half price. So, you know, I picked up a, uh, I picked up a, a, you know, a new, and I think actually this is supposed to be used or whatever, but it's got all the stickers. Like it's new, you know, I, Wait, I, if it was used, it was very lightly used or maybe yeah. refurbished. Yeah, maybe, maybe the stickers are all, it looks anyways, it looks brand new. Anyways, White stick-up cam. Also, I showed this in the after show the other day. I picked up half price, so for twenty-two bucks, I picked up uh, the solar panel for it. Oh, that's a good deal. Twenty-two bucks. That's a yeah. Good deal. So this was what, fifty, and then this was twenty-two. Yeah. So um, I was just kind of waiting for that. I've been wanting. Okay, this is where I need advice, and I'm, I'm going to ask you. But you can either send me an email, Jim at theaverageguy.tv, put it in the YouTube comments uh, below, put it in the chat room here. I'm. I really got it for the backyard. So if you know my backyard configuration and you've been there now, you've mm-hmm. seen it. you got a deck. You yeah. come right out the back door. There's a big deck. Um, I really want to put it Massive on the deck. Sh- it's a big deck. That, yeah. That was way bigger than I thought it was. Like from all the pictures you ever show in the podcast, does not do it justice. It's a massive deck. It's, it's good size. We, yeah. we enjoy it. So a um, couple, there's a couple things I could do. And, and one would be put it up on the corner of the house that goes across the deck shows the shed and covers kind of the whole backyard. Okay. Another one would be uh, on the other side of the fence. I have a little fence that divides the deck from kind of the lower part of the yard. And I could put it on the other side of that fence. Now I have to, the other trick on this is I got to find the, the back is shaded. So I also have to find a spot where this, where this solar panel is going to get a couple hours of sun every day. 
the power went out. And I got to troubleshoot this and figure it out. But I mentioned this last week. The power that was recharging my my webcam or my you know my ring doorbell has stopped, and I'm having to charge that thing every two weeks. I don't want to go out there and have to charge this thing every two weeks. the The other thing I, I got to think about is I don't I don't know if I want it watching me on the deck all the time. Like I don't know, you know, if I if I want it going on because you go out there and and then it starts buzzing my watch and you got to you know go into the app and show right shut it off. Yeah. The, the, the real goal is to protect the shed. That's kind of the, the kind of the goal on this is to cover the front end of that shed that I have out there. Oh, so I could go on the fence on the house side facing the shed Mm -hmm. hidden, kind of hidden, but, or do I just make it really visible on the front of the shed so that it's a deterrent? Like, you know, this is what we have on the garage is, is I've got it in plain sight, just out of reach, kind of a deterrent. Like don't, don't come up the driveway type deal. So my three, three options, kind of those three options, uh, you're in, you're in my shoes. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What are your options? What do you think? So number one, I love the deterrent aspect, right? Like, especially like I love all the home defense stuff. And number one's just making your house not a target in the first place. Um, and so, you know, deterrence is a big part of that. So I love your concept there of putting it on the shed. I think if I were you, I would put it on the shed facing back towards the house. Um, and, you know, we talked about this a while ago, Jim. I don't know if you remember. I ended up turning off all alerts on my cameras. Mm all of them because I ended up ignoring them anyway. Like, honestly, I wasn't acting upon them because it was honestly probably speedy outside my dog. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, the package man in front. And so really for mine, it was being able to look back in the past. You guys remember it was a big use for me in the past. When my car got broken into in my driveway, was able to go back, get the footage, give it to the cops. That was, that was, that was like the ideal use case for my cameras besides the number one case being deterrence. And I, it, I, Jim, I don't know if you've been since I upgraded the ones in the driveway. They are, they stick out. Like you can see in my driveway, just like you, I actually liked the way you did yours. So I made mine white. I, you know, they sticks out from my house. They on both sides of the garage. Uh, and so that's my number one thing is just hopefully they see it. They don't even do it. The only thing I would, the only downside to putting it on the shed, pointing it back at the house. Cause doesn't your, your door to your shed faces kind of your house, yeah, right? Yeah, faces the house. Yeah, faces yeah, so the you street. Could, if you, so if you put it right above the door, it would be facing towards the house? Yes. The, yeah. The only downside about that is, and I guess if you're turning off alerts, it doesn't matter. So that kind of defeats what I'm about to say. But I have noticed my favorite angle in my backyard, I have one out on the patio that faces back towards the house. And I, I, you, I look at that camera more often because it gives a better view of the door if someone was at the door. Instead of like right above it, when yeah. you're right above the door, you're not going to get a good shot of them. Right. Um, you actually, but you'll get a good shot of people creeping around your back patio yeah. area. Or even in the back, even at the back door. And I won't get their face. Yeah. Right. But I would, but get, it will see through the windows. Right. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. So my camera sees through the window. Oh. So it'll record, you know, if when, you got to think at night when your lights are on inside <laughs> yeah. and nothing on outside, that, yeah. and if you have your blinds open, uh, it records everything inside. So and just know our, that. That's just our have bedroom. that known. <laughs> well, yeah. So I mean, we could have gym after dark. It could be a whole other stream, you know. For this. <laughs> but uh, just be, just know that. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good to know that. No, looks right that into is our living room window, and that is yeah. a good thought. It it it's also you know the sheds, Wi-Fi wise, pretty far away. So 
the current, you know, the current chime that is the Wi-Fi unifier for all my ring devices, you know, it sits right now in a bedroom that is between the camera on the garage and the camera on the door. And it's all close and it's a great signal. We learned early on ring does not like weak single signals. Like yeah, it right. just really struggles if this, if the signal is weak, if I'm all the way out at the shed, I'm going to either have to install an extender for the Wi-Fi. I mean, it's going to need to be strong in the shed, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, there's that. I, I think Mike, before I get too crazy about this, I'll probably temporarily set it up. Um, in, in both locations or all three locations and just try it for a week, see how it does, see what it see, you know, before I go to install it, I may just tape it like w- where I think it would be good and give it a try. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, I would probably end up going cause I've totally forgot about the range. That's a good point. And yeah. that's a, it's an annoying thing to solve it's for. It's super annoying. So with that being said, I would go for a massive padlock lock on the shed, not worried about it. And have the deterrence factor be on the back patio. Because really, I want to deter them from getting into my house. If they get into the shed, they get in the shed, right? If they really want to break through a massive lock, um, I'll still catch them on video after the fact. But I would would probably have the deterrent on on the back of the house. Well, and then, you know, if that's the case, maybe I'm putting it on the corner of the house. So they got to come around. Hell, that's a good idea. And they'd see it. It'd It'd be high enough. I could also get the morning, I could mount that um, uh, solar panel to get full blast in the morning. It won't get yeah. in the afternoon or evening, but full blast of sun in the morning to recharge that battery. But then, you know, have that thing dropped down and facing my back door. Now, it is going to pick up in that scenario. Every time we go out on the deck, it's going to pick it up. Yeah. It, to be honest, it does that when we go out and wash the cars or when I'm walking in and out of the driveway. And I've kind of learned to ignore it. I, what I have enjoyed, though, is, you know, and I told my neighbor this, by the way, he knows that he sets off my cams and he actually kind of likes it because it's watching his car and his driveway as well. Yeah. So, you know, so um, but but I get kind of notifications whenever there's any movement out front. Somebody's, you know, checking the mail or the UPS guy comes or Amazon comes. So I, I don't. I haven't ignored, you know, the, the, the notifications yet. So you're kind of used to ignoring it when you know you should. Yeah. Ignoring it when it's, when you should be opening them up. Yeah. 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 Well, brings up a good point. He says the alerts caused by the IR reflecting off spider webs on his shop cameras wakes him up sometimes. Joe, that was, was, that's what made me turn off, honestly, mine. Like it, number one, it was all the cars and everything like that. And I, I did zones and everything, but you're right. No matter how good of zones you set at night, spider webs, uh, moths, all of them set off my cameras all the time. It drives me nuts. Yeah. We haven't had, I haven't had any bug problems. We had a bird land on the garage ring and just, per- just perched there for a while, checked out the camera. You know, we were, you could see his Got face, a good shoot. checking the camera out, you know, just kind of looking, looking around up there. It was kind of cool to see that. Um, uh, so we don't, we don't get a lot of problems with the cameras, you know, uh, it, it, so I do, I, you know, I love the idea kind of only ha- behind the fence kid can't see the deck. It just sees the shed, but then it's harder to get that thing charged there. And it's not as a deterrent because nobody, you can't see it. It's like a right. surprise, <laughs> you know, yeah. we caught you on the camera. Um, 
So I think what I'm going to do, and you can, if you've got some suggestions, probably won't permanently install this thing for the next couple of weeks. So send me an email, Jim at the average guy.tv. Put it in the YouTube comments down below. If you're on YouTube uh, watching this love, you, you've heard kind of the options, love your feedback on it. And, and uh, you know, where do you think I should put it? I will probably mess around with it in a couple different locations, just to be honest, to see, you know, let's test it, see what it does. Right. And, and kind of go from there. Um, second thing I'm uh, looking for some advice on, we talked last week about the generator and I, I got kind of, Mike, I got kind of hooked on this idea of creating a box. You know, I would plug the 240 volt because it's got a 240, uh, 20 amp, I think. And then it's got two, uh, 120, 20 amp GFCI protected outlets. So there's three outlets, right? Okay. 120, 120, 240. The 240, of course, can power up a bunch of things. The, the the one twenty is a little a little less, but together the same. Uh, it, there's a there's all kinds of equations with power. We'll stay out of that. Yeah. But one of the thoughts was come off the two forty and power a box that had some smarts to it. So I start I was starting to look through kind of the what what's kind of out there to keep track of power and how could I you know I kind of what I what I want to see in the end. You know I had my neighbors, but which by the way we got a really nice gift card from one neighbor and the other neighbor brought over fresh sourdough baked bread, which was great. Like, you know, you just, you got to love that. I had a, I had that at lunch today. It was delicious. So, um, uh, so a box that's got some kind of smart monitoring in it where I could, as the generator's running, I could check the power usage. I didn't want to leave as the generator's running. I didn't want to leave the house because I was afraid if something happened to the generator, my neighbors would be screwed. You know, right. that was kind of my thought. So look through some, so here's what I've looked through so far. I've looked, taking a 240 plug, bringing that into a box and breaking it up into separate outlets and then running, uh, you know, running some smart um, uh, plugs off of it. All the plugs I could find are 15 amp, the smart ones are 15 amp plugs. You know what I didn't look at is I didn't look at smart plugs that are installed. I was looking at the ones that you would just plug into the outlet and turn on and attach to the Wi-Fi and those kinds yeah, of plugs. Right. But I didn't look like permanently. I don't know if they have. Now those. you got me checking that out too. I, that's a good point. One of the one of the options, of course, well, most of the just plug-in outlets are only fifteen amps, and you know, I, I may you know, I may want twenty and not and not fifteen on those. The plugs themselves are 20 amp plugs. I know the GFCI breakers work because we've had, we haven't popped <laughs> before. Um, I've also popped the circuit breaker on that thing, pulling, pulling a little too much juice. They also have, um, uh, you know, the, w- like what we talked about before, devices you can buy that you can put in between the power plug and, and what you're plugging into it. To mon- Again, the whole goal here is to, I want to monitor, one, I want to know it's running. Two, I kind of want to monitor the power use. Like, yeah. how much power am I? I don't need to, by the way. There's a, <laughs> on the generator, there's four lights. And it says, you know, 0, 25, 50, 75. Actually, that's not true. It says 25, 50, 75 max. Those are the four. And um, uh, I like a little more, you know, I like a little more than that. Data. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, kind of like what what's 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 a drawing here? What's it doing? How much are we drawing on this thing? Yeah, because you're right. Because my my first thought when we went to this was that it would be something like a Zigbee or Z Wave outlet. And my thought there was that you know with Zigbee or Z Wave, you just get a little the four dollar from you know AliExpress uh, dongle, plug that into a computer somewhere, and, and all of a sudden you can start just pulling whatever data you want, monitoring it. I'm sure there are some great already built out you know charts for these sort of things. Um, and I bet you could do a really cool self-hosted version, but then you brought up the amp issue. And I just looked up that the Zigbee outlets I would use and you're right. These ones are actually only 10 amps. Mm-hmm. Um, so not, I didn't think about the amperage. That's a really good point, but really, cause my thought behind it was I wouldn't want to, I don't know if I would necessarily want to be tied into like a, an ecosystem. That's why I thought Zigbee Z wave or Wi-Fi. But Zigbee Z-Wave uh, would be able to, you can usually pull a ton of data from those things. Yeah, it would. Oh, this one's got a price drop. Look at that. Thank you, uh, Microsoft Edge. If you're if you're watching, let's see, can you guys see that? No, you can't see the Edge. Shopping on Microsoft Edge just popped up and say, hey, the price on this product has recently dropped from, from uh, 29 to 19. Although that's, <laughs> that's, that's also on uh, Amazon. So, um. Yeah, so th- here's another, Mike, here's another example of where I could, you know, have a single device that's kind of designed. This is an outdoor smart plug, yeah. Wi-Fi enabled outlet. I don't, doesn't say right up front what uh, what the amps are on this thing. Let's see if we can see it in the, it's a 15 amp. I think maybe I'm going to be limited to 15. And maybe that's not the end of and the that's world. that's enough. That's a lot. Yeah, maybe that's I, not. But I wonder yeah. if this thing, the the other thing I've learned about these things is monitoring the power usage is is not like just because it says smart, a lot of times they won't tell you the current draw on the power. Oh, yeah. Um, right. right. It's just, right. oh, I can turn it on, I can turn it off, uh, and some other things. But it doesn't tell you the actual wattage or amperage on the draw. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I, I haven't messed with one of these, you know. Yeah. Before, so like this, so. like this one, I would guess wouldn't. I'm guessing this one's just a timer. Uh, and then you can turn it on or off. I doubt this one would actually yeah. pull the the yeah. monitoring data. And I've got some Casa ones that I use in the house, and they tell me how long power is being pulled. Right. But they don't they don't give me any indication of just how much. Really, I think the the um, the what I really am looking for is is it still drawing power? Like that's the that's the first requirement is it's power still being supplied because yeah. if it stops, I want an alert that says, Hey, th- this thing is stopped. Right. Um, m- much like uh, we, we cooked a pork butt on Sunday and, you know, I had the meter in there and, and dude, that thing is sweet. Like I just, the more I use that thing, you know, right. Oh, I yeah. had it going to the, uh, I had it uh, coming into the Amazon to one of my fire tablets. And then that was going Wi-Fi, and I could, access it from anywhere. And I'd, I went to Phil's to mow the lawn and I was monitoring the grill while I was mowing the lawn over at his house. That was pretty great. Um, so that that's one of the, uh, one of the things I'm looking for. If anybody has seen one of these where it kind of monitors for you, it's got alerts associated with it. I want to know if the power is still working. Cause if it goes off, I need, there's some things I need to, you know, there's some things I need to do. Not so important if I get how much is being used, but that'd be cool. Like, Mike, it'd be a good idea how much of the generator is being used. So, yeah. Well, it goes um, back to that light thing you were talking about the 25, 50, 75. You want more 
You want more than just these lights to show you how much yeah. load is being pulled. Well, and the other thought is, you know, I've got that Belkin device that you plug in and then you plug in everything else to it. And it, it tells you, you know, do I need one device for them all to run through first? Oh, you're just the watt meter. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the right? Now it doesn't, this one, I couldn't use this one cause it's not, it's not smart. I mean, it just does it like, yeah. it won't tell me Same. if it's off. So, yep. so if you know of any devices like that, save me a little time on all this research, but this is kind of what I'm looking at. But it, at first I was thinking I'd build this box and now I'm kind of thinking, no, I really probably just want a smart device that I can plug into those plugs and then extend everything out through it and uh, give it a try. If you've got some good ideas, um, send me an email, Jim at the average guy.tv. Uh, put it down there in the comments in YouTube and uh, love to have your uh, feedback on it. And we can go around and around and around. I'm not in a hurry, by the way, to figure this one out but it, it would be good to get some smarts in it. Mike, in a follow-up, another follow-up conversation from last week, you had some SSL issues uh, <laughs> on your stuff. Yeah, so, well, so this was actually an issue that I uh, have apparently been having for a very long time. Uh, it just didn't become um, relevant until the SSL certificate had actually expired. So here's the setup. You guys know that I run a reverse proxy, right? And uh, I've always used the Let's Encrypt Docker container, which uh, the last year or year before that switched to its name to Swag because it wasn't officially Let's Encrypt. Um, so a lot of self-hosters use the Swag Docker container for their reverse proxy. Reverse proxy, all that is, is meaning... Um, let's say I have Uyghur.com as my domain. If I want cameras.weger.com to lead me directly to my security camera footage from outside the house, then I want homeassistant.weger.com from outside the house to get me to my home assistant. Um, essentially what it does is it takes the 443 and port 80 ports, forwards them to one Docker container, which is your reverse proxy. And because of what subdomain, if it's cameras, if it's home assistant dot whatever, it knows where to direct that traffic um, inside your network. So you don't have to open up a ton of different ports for everything you're self-hosting. You just open up 443 and 80 and point it at your reverse proxy and let your reverse proxy then know where do I send that data? Well, all is well and good, but the uh, one added benefit of doing that is you can actually add in SSL. Um, and with SSL, typically you're going to use Let's Encrypt to generate these certificates. And so I had been on Swag for the longest time. Everything is great when you run with Swag. It auto-generates, it, it gets your Let's Encrypt certificate. It um, renews it with, like 30 days out from when it needs to be renewed. Like you literally just set it and forget it and never think about it. Well, a while ago, um, and, and this is where I still don't know. I don't know what caused the issue, but there were two things I did a while ago. Number one, I switched from swag to the in, uh, Nginx proxy manager Docker, which is a beautiful web GUI interface. Uh, the swag does not have a web GUI interface. You're literally just writing up um, little uh, proxy conf uh, files, text edit files, right? And you're, and you're using those to formulate and, and, uh, and tell the reverse proxy what to do. But with Nginx Proxy Manager Docker, beautiful. It's like, it's like using a web GUI. Very modern, very great. So I switched over to that. That was the first thing I did. Uh, number two, the other change I made was that I went to Cloudflare for the DNS for all of my domains that I hold. So all of my domain, I have a lot of domains. I have them for public websites. I have my own internal domain that I use for all my home stuff. Switched them all to, so I still have them bought. I bought them through Hover, 
right? So I, I go to hover to, you know, change things, but the DNS settings that you put in are now not done on hover. Those are done over on Cloudflare, uh, which is fantastic. Cloudflare is awesome. Uh, you can get a free account, works great, but it, it does add what an extra layer of things you can do and something broke essentially my ability to renew my SSL certificate. And uh, this was a solid day of trying to figure out probably a day's worth of time trying to figure out what was causing the issue. I could not get an SSL certificate to generate. Um, and so there's a lot of things. And, and you know, I'm going to go into a little bit of detail here just because I, I have a feeling that there's at least one of you that has, it might run into this issue um, in the future. Cause a lot, everyone uses the same reverse proxy dockers if you're self-hoster. Um, so in the end, what I ended up doing that made this all work uh, Spoiler alert, I was never able to get Nginx Proxy Manager to successfully get even a new SSL certificate from Let's Encrypt. It gave an internal error every single time. Um, I turned off all the proxying in, in Cloudflare. I turned off all of the HTTPS. I, Cloudflare was essentially doing nothing but pointing it just like Hover would have. Um, and, and still, nothing. Uh, all the ports were forwarded correctly, everything double checked, uh, but it would not pull a new Let's Encrypt. So for me, Nginx Proxy Manager and Let's Encrypt does not work. Uh, don't know why. And maybe it's just an issue when you have Cloudflare in the middle of your DNS, but I tried everything, read all the articles, nothing. Uh, in the end, what did work was I went to, like, I, I found kind of a, an article on, on a different way to go about this. I'm going to pull up my Cloudflare just so I can make sure I'm using the correct lingo here. Uh, but essentially what you're going to do is you're actually going to use Cloudflare for your certificate. So what you do essentially is you go into Cloudflare, Cloudflare, easier to say, uh, and you create an origin server certificate. And when you create this origin server certificate, essentially it gives you uh, your certificate that you use and your key. And then you go and load those into Nginx Proxy Manager. So Nginx Proxy Manager, you can add a key and you can do a custom one, not from Let's Encrypt. And then you can insert that key and upload it. And really what that does is that allows uh, Cloudflare to communicate with your server with that SSL certificate and you can kind of bypass using Let's Encrypt. But here's where I ran into another issue. I did sweet. got my origin certificate. It's all set up. Uh, it's all working. It seems to be working but it's not pulling the certificate. And there was an error that was coming and you would get to Cloudflare and it would say, hey, there's an issue with your server. And I don't know if you guys have ever gotten that screen from Cloudflare where it's like, hey, your internet works and we're up, but your server's down. And I knew my server wasn't down. Um, so I had turned off all of the, they call it proxying, right? In the DNS setting. So what Cloudflare can do essentially is Cloudflare can say, we'll be the quote endpoint for what the client sees. So let's say I'm out in the world and I want to access um, homeassistant.weger.com. And typically what that would report back is the IP address of my home where my server resides. If you put Cloudflare in the middle and you turn on proxying, the client will just see an IP address that belongs to Cloudflare. And then Cloudflare will essentially get them the last hop. Uh, so that proxying kind of shows it doesn't, you know, subject your internal IP address, your home IP address to the world. Uh, I had turned that off because I thought that was causing an issue with Let's Encrypt not being able to authenticate and create um, a ticket, or sorry, create a certificate. And you do need proxying turned back on in order for origin certificates with Cloudflare 
to function properly. So super long story short, <laughs> if you're using Cloudflare, if you're using Nginx Proxy Manager, easiest way is to create an origin certificate, then make sure that the proxying is turned on on your DNS settings and you will be good to go. Everything is working fantastic. I love it. And that origin server, I think, is good for 15 years, which is great. So uh, don't have to worry about renewing anything. Um, it's valid. I, I accessed it from everywhere. My big concern was I was trying. I was going out of town this week, and I was frantically trying to get this back up um, because when I'm away from home, that's. I mean, my reverse proxy is how I watch my security cameras, right? Because I run Sighthound on a local machine not cloud-based. It's how I check home assistant. You know, Hannah's in bed, nice still. You know, I kind of do my dad duties from away. I check and make sure all the lights are off in the basement and I check the cameras, make sure everything's locked up, uh, garage doors closed. And I do that remotely. It just makes me feel good. Uh, and not being able to do that would have really stressed me out. So uh, that is the answer to the solution. And I didn't know, the only reason this came up is because my Let's Encrypt certificates had finally expired they had not been renewing this whole time ever since I made the switch uh, whenever that was a month, two months ago. Um, I just didn't catch it until all of a sudden those expired and I went to go access my home assistant and it's like not a valid certificate. Like, that's strange. So that's what led me to go down that whole rabbit hole uh, of figuring out what the issue was. So that was a, that was a fun little troubleshooting issue, but that so one was fun. Like I enjoyed that days. one. Sounds yeah. like a couple days worth of work there. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was a day of just trying to in between stuff, you know, you can never devote, when you have yeah. young kids, no, you right can't now, devote a right long now. period of time. So just yeah. an hour here, hour there for that whole day and just getting really frustrated that some that like little things weren't working. Well, if you got any questions on that, you can send them an email. M at I overcomplicate things.com. Yes. And does that, <laughs> does, does that, that is correct. <laughs> does that, is that one of your cloud flare? Does it go? I overcomplicate things. I wonder if yeah. it's available. I overcomplicate. Things I got to go buy that domain. Cause that's what I do. <laughs> That's a great, no, it great is. domain. It does. It actually does sound like, I mean, that's one of those troubleshooting where you're kind of, you know, you're taking a step by step and figuring some things out. Oh, yeah, this. Oh, this. Okay. This wasn't even working anyways. Right. Type right. Deal. And when you finally figure it out and you get it working, you're like, man, like that's, you feel good. Right. You do. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, it, and there's always little things in there. Okay. So just to add one more thing. I had it working, but I went down a whole rabbit hole of thinking it wasn't working. And the issue was that since I fired up, I redid my configuration for Nginx Proxy Manager, I set it to a different IP address, that Docker container. And in Home Assistant, if you're using a proxy, you have to go into Home Assistant and say, trust these proxy IP addresses. Well, I had had the old IP address and hadn't done the new one. So I'm like, Home Assistant still isn't working. And I'm like, I swear my, my reverse proxy is working, but now, but it's, but now it's not. And for about 20 minutes there, before I realized my error, I thought it was, but I was like, oh, add it to Home Assistant, give it the new IP address. Everything was good. I'm like, okay, finally, it is working like it should be. It's those little, th those little red herrings yeah. that make you think all the work you just did was for not. And there's some, there's, I don't know about you, but there's just some nights where, you know, I'm up for it. And then there's other nights you're like, it's just going to stay broken. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and like, there's a difference oh, yeah. between tinkering and fixing mission critical stuff. Right, right. Right. You and I love the tinkering, setting up a new mining rig, uh, getting all that, like fine tuning that stuff to make sure it's really running really well. Like that's the stuff that I don't mind doing at all. It's when I'm under the gun, like I was trying to get on your show, like I was trying to get out of town this week and I need something up and running. And that's where it just mm -hmm. frustrates you. No, right on, 
Right on. Uh, a couple follow-ups here on the show. One, this this looks pretty new to me. <laughs> this is that the looks ring. Extremely new. Yeah, this is the ring. You, you always kind of wonder. They always say could be a refurb, you know. And this could be. This absolutely could be a refurb. So, but half price, uh, pretty good. New battery in there, so th- uh, that's pretty sweet. Uh, Mike, one more thing before we go. I uh, got this email from you know back in the winter. I wanted to light some candles out in the shed, right? <laughs> so it was freaking cold, right? I mean, we had some. So I went and bought one of those propane top heaters, you know, just a single kind of thing. I, we may have talked about it here. I think we talked about it. Here. We did. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, we were actually I, both talking about what we would use for that. I bought the CO2 detector. Is that right? CO2? Yeah. I bought yeah. the carbon monoxide, right? Okay. Uh, detector just to to um it's not co2 it's it's just and it doesn't matter so i bought that just for this reason so today i got an email actually came in yesterday from our friends at harbor freight i'll share it on screen (laughs) they recalled them (laughs) (laughs) now there were a couple times on that thing when i wonder if there's anything i shouldn't be showing down here no i think i'm okay so um there was a couple times where uh, the, the wind would blow, the flame would go, you know, you hear, and then it'd go. And the, the, it was actually like, it was kind of scary. It scared my kids. I mean, my older kids were like, dad, you shouldn't like, I don't know if I trust that thing. The notice, um, the, so here's what the, the center line says. This recall is being conducted because in windy weather, the flame can be directed to the rear of the unit, which can melt the tip switch safety shutoff feature at the rear of the heater. This poses a risk that in the future, the heater will, if, if it tips over, it won't turn off, creating a burn hazard to users immediately stop using this item. So, um, uh, Harbor Freight has said, just pop into the store with it and they'll give you a, a gift card for its value. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, now I've got to kind of rethink my heating. The good news is I've probably got four months before I need to worry about a heater yeah, in the shed true. again. Mike, if you were going to, it's an enclosed shed. It's not airtight. There's plenty of, plenty of air gets into that shed. If you were gonna, if you were gonna heat a shed like that, or you wanted a little personal, man, I tell you what, electrical heat is just not efficient, right? I mean, it's so, right. oh no, so expensive. What would you put in yeah. there? What would you use? Uh, the non-read call version of what you had. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah, like, the, I love those things. Yeah. yeah, those little dual burners. You guys go to Lowe's. They are more expensive from Lowe's. Uh, but yeah, I'd go to Lowe's. I, I'd get the double burner because they're not the ones that burn you when they tip over. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'd probably just go grab one of those again. I, I I like those things. Yeah, yeah. They were. It was great. I mean, it it at ten below, it would bring the shed up to about forty five or fifty, which yeah. is the single. Um, yeah. Uh, so Joe Joe had to look it up. Carbon monoxide is just CO. That's, oh, it makes because that's mono, what I was one yeah, right. Yeah, carbon dioxide. CO two is what we breathe out. Yeah, carbon dioxide. dioxide. Two O's, right? So it'd be CO two. Little, little science. Uh, like bring, man, fifth, bring me back to like fifth, fifth grade graders. science. Yeah, <laughs> mono and die. We got to go back to our yikes. Our yikes. It's been a long week. Let's just let's just it's put it that bad. way. So, I'll be making a trip. I think isn't our. I have to. I have to figure out where our Harbor Freight is here in town, and that's a dangerous store that's to go question. into. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. 
affordable you, tools. Yeah. You just come out with a, you know, well, I needed a bubble jack for what? Well, oh. I don't know. I needed a it bubble jack. It was $10 jack. though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, got, I, got, I got a blowtorch too. I got, it, it was free with purchase of the ten dollar bubble jack. Bubble jack, and I couldn't help but get the fifteen ninety nine uh, floor creeper. You know, like, do you ever work on your car? No, no. But I just thought if I needed to get under the car for some reason, you know, it'd be good to have a floor creeper. Those, you know, it's fifteen dollars. Yeah. So yeah, but you lay on that thing, and one of the wheels just snaps off immediately. Right? I mean, Harbor Freight's kind of questionable right i mean uh, i think it's pretty i don't know you think I it's okay? trust it okay all right well i did too and now until they sold me this i was gonna say until point proven <laughs> until the shed burned down yeah <laughs> oh my gosh well anything else mike no uh no no that my ssl issue was just the that was my thing it's all done though you got it all you got it all figured oh out. yeah You're it's good. working great You're in good shape yep. Oh, good. You're in good shape. Well, uh, by next week, I'll have some, I'll have tested the, uh, we're going to work on the ring this weekend. I tell you what, so I have been a slug probably since, oh, I don't know, this time last year. I literally have not worked out probably in a year. So I was wondering why I was so tired. This week I started working out again. Dude, like the body is like, what are you doing to me? We were really enjoying that last year. Oh man, I got on the scale at work and I, I just horrified, just horrified. And that was the one I, I've been avoiding the scale for a while. And it was as one, it was that one moment I'm like, all right, jackass, you need to get, um, you need to get this thing rolling again. Yeah. So this week I've, uh, easing back in, like, I'm not, it's not like I'm, you know, I didn't like go, uh, you know, everybody goes, Oh, I ran a 5k and you're like, that's nah, not the way you get back into a workout. Like, that's good for you though. Just hey, simple get, stuff. Getting back in. It's, it's the day one stuff. And yeah. and you're the type yeah. of person though, like you get kind of addicted to workouts. You'll be back I in in no time. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it'll be two weeks. Like for me, it was a month. This getting back into it after COVID was a month before I was like, Oh, okay. Now I'm good. Like yeah. now it's not a bad deal waking up. I got wrangled into doing mark to market though, Jim, and I am not a runner. Oh, at all. that's a party, luckily, dude. yeah, that's, that's a, a yeah, party. That's market to market, it's a party. And I, they gave me one of the really short. I have like two legs that totals like seven miles, so it's not bad. So for those listening, market to market started as a race. It's from the hay or from the oh, the old market in Omaha to the hay market in Lincoln. So hundred and two miles, one hundred and ten miles, something like that. And you had teams of six or seven or whatever, and you'd it would take most of the morning. We'd some you know somewhere between six and ten. These teams would start, and you would run in these legs. They were like relay legs, and uh, and you know sometime in the afternoon you got into Lincoln. Whatever how long it takes to I think we ran our I ran it once or twice, and uh, I think we did it like in eight hours, something like seven eight hours. But it's kind of it, nobody. Well, there's some people who take it seriously, but most yeah. people don't. So we had teams that were making hundreds of jello shots for this, <laughs> just for this. Like, and they I were like just, that style. Oh, yeah. They were, they, and they, they had, they were called Run Jovi, which was pretty great. So they were dressed up in 80s hairband costumes and they ran when you were running. You were, you know, dressed as an 80s That's hairband, awesome. whatever. And, uh, they had stickers. They had their own stickers. And so they were going around as they were all day, as they were going around, they were putting their Run Jovi stickers all over things. 
And uh, I think they must, I think they did it five or six years in a row. And they got to be like locally famous. Everybody knew As the Run Jovi guys, Run jo- the Run Jovi team. Okay, and uh, and so well, what's when's market to market? It's, uh, middle of September. Oh, and when? Where does it start now? Where are they? I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah, a very good question. Yeah, it literally was the old market, and then the I think it market, is. But then I think it still is. Are they back? Are they back to that? I think so. Okay, because there were know. some areas that closed down, and they had to move the. Oh, They've had to it. move the course around a little bit. So, yeah, I should go and look okay. at the map. All right. Yeah. Well, you got some time. I oh, mean, yeah. you, you got three weeks to get in shape for it. <laughs> well, and and I see. So I've been getting in shape. But you've been playing shape. hockey. You're okay. Well, and I've been working out at 5 a.m. for the last right. two months, right? right? Every morning. And so I, I'm in good shape. There's not like running is different. There's a difference in running long distance and all the other being in shapes. <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm getting back in shape, uh, but long distance running, not my thing. Yeah, I'm done with it too, but I do need to get some semblance. Yeah, I'm 30 over and it's kind of like, all right, this is getting a little uh, embarrassing. <laughs> it's time to, uh, it's kind of time. I've had, I put the Peloton app back on my phone. I yep. need to start getting on the tread, the Treadly treadmill that we bought. I didn't show you the treadmill. Did, did, did we no, show you didn't show it to no. me. No, I didn't see the that. Losers. Well, Gosh. next next time you're over here. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, in two put, years. I just, <laughs> it's usually how it goes. Exactly. No, you're right. You're right. I just, uh, uh, you know, I put the tra- I put the, uh, I have a touch screen, a big 24 inch touch screen that I put on one of those mobile TV mounts that, you know, where you can put TV on and move it around. Oh, yeah. And then it wasn't, it wasn't quite high enough. So I just found a cardboard box and I put it up underneath it. And so it sits perfectly at eye level now. And so there's no excuse. Like I need to get my fat ass on the on the uh, on the treadmill and get uh, get watching some YouTube videos instead of sitting in this thing. Like you know, uh, just to wear your Apple Watch. I did. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. just start a competition with me, and that, and then you know, yeah, we're, no, you're, you're right. competitive. You're right. You're and right. Just like, yeah, all right, game on. Beat me. All right. So next you. Thursday we'll report back who's winning. Yeah, I'm. I'm like today. I'm mostly closed. Like yeah, everything except the red is closed at this point. So, you know, I've got the workout and the standing, it's the steps or the activity. Red is activity, right? Yeah. Red's act. See, it's green for me on days where I don't do a formal workout. Red is the exercise. Green is exercise. Blue is stand. And so I, I just, I'm 82% of the way on the move goal, but yeah, yeah. Just small steps, small steps. I'll be running marathons next week. We we are live every Thursday. You know me. Uh, we're oh, yeah. live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. If you want to join us in the Discord group, head out to theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. Leave us a message, homegadgetgeeks.com. We'd love to have your messages played on the show, like we played Jim Shoemakers on the show. Jim, sorry, it took me two months to get there. It actually worked out well with the topics tonight, so kind of glad I waited anyways. If you want to send me an email, if you got some feedback, if you want to start some dialogue, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. Of course, big thanks to Christian over at Maple Grove Partners. You get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting. If you need a website set up, uh, he, I mean, specializes in WordPress, but the kid can do anything. So if you want to start, uh, if you want to start a website and you need a website, whatever, contact MapleGrovePartners.com. Plans start as little as 10 bucks. Everything is going up in price, although apparently lumber is coming back. So that maybe it is. I went yeah. and bought lumber to make some cornhole boards last weekend, and finally it was 
uh, reasonable not back to normal, but reasonable. Reasonable. Okay. Um, what did I pay? I paid five, six bucks for a two by four. All right, so about halfway back. Which is down from eight. Yeah, but it was two. <laughs> but right? yeah, it was two fifty. Yeah, yeah, it should yeah. be around two fifty three. Yeah. yeah. So no inflation at Maple Grove Partners, uh, maplegrovepartners.com. Love to see you next week. Uh, working on Bob and Ryan again uh, for, uh, let's see, is this July, August? Uh, trying to get them back here um, in August and, and uh, starting to work on just kind of an overall slate of what we're doing here for the fall. So I'm excited for it. Of course, we're coming up on 502 weeks and uh, we'll throw a little party for that one. Want to thank you for coming out and joining us live tonight. If you're listening to the recorded version, uh, thanks for listening. If you made it this far, it's a miracle. So thanks for coming out. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.